prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. I'm telling you, I am more monkey than human because whenever I see my mug on the little monitor over here, I smile at it. I mean, I know I'm 14% Northern African, but I got to believe I got a little chimpanzee in me too. Um, This is a a long-awaited show, Um, and uh, I'm I'm just going to bring my guest on real quick. Hold on a second. How you doing, Bill? I'm well. How are you? Good. So this is a long-awaited show, and I owe you an apology. That dates back for a very, very long time ago. And what? Uh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. But, and I was so disappointed because I was all prepared to do this mea culpa, and we almost didn't connect this one. I was like, oh, great, this is great, you know. But no, a, a very long time ago, in the beginning of my career, uh, probably around 2006, um, I saw that a lot of negative podcasts were getting or radio shows were getting a lot of attention so i thought i would try to do something negative and i actually interviewed uh anthony roberts and you were talked about in the interview and you weren't talked about in a favorable way and i never did another interview like that again and i don't know if you remember that but i do it's i'm kind of like one of those alcoholics anonymous guys you got to go by before you leave the planet you got to apologize to everybody you did something bad to so i just wanted to get that out of the way it's all good hey you just had a guest on and uh, you know yeah, I remember Anthony, of course. But uh, yeah, well, that's it. I just wanted to leave that there. So anyway, uh, We're I, good. I, I, I saw I saw a very interesting post of yours on Facebook the other day. I was like, I have to get this guy on, and people probably are going to be a little confused why I felt it was so important uh, to talk about this. But you you now have. I just want to set the, the table. You now have a way that people can in their own home test the quality of their growth hormone. Is that correct? Well, they can detect, test whether or not there's somatropin in it, and it's um, yeah, it's an antibody taste uh, based test, so it's really accurate. Okay, so so, and I want to I want to set the stage here, okay, because I want to talk about the fact that um, right now, if people are if people are buying legit growth hormone through their compounding pharmacist, the reality is that few, if any, compounding pharmacists pharmacists have synthesizing or recombinant technology uh, on the pr- on the premises. So they're buying all their raw materials from someplace else. Would, would you agree with that statement? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. They're, they're going through pharmaceutical, uh, you know, producers and stuff. Right. And even Big Pharma buys raw materials from China. I happen to know mm-hmm. a, a girl that worked for Genentech who told me that they had partners. I got to look for the camera so I can get per- my parentheses in here. My quotation marks partners in China that they bought raw materials for to produce their growth hormone product. I mean, she, she confided this in me and I believe her. She's a, she's a really decent human being. So the illusion that, well, I don't have to worry about this. These guys are talking about underground lab stuff and bodybuilding stuff. And I get my growth hormone from my pharmacist. The reality is that there's no proof that that's legit growth hormone either just because of its origin. Isn't that a true statement? You may not want to go there, but I'll, I'm going to go there. Well, you know what it is? It's There is a lot of legitimate pharmaceutical manufacture happening overseas. Um, me personally, I mean, there's protocols that are supposed to be followed. They're supposed to be purchasing from only a licensed supplier. It should be tested. There should be all the paperwork, whatever we have in the supplement industry, it's, you know, it's magnified in the the pharmaceutical field. So me personally, if I was having a a script from a, you know, a known compounding pharmacy, you know, know, my physician was, was ordering it. It was going through a a good compounding pharmacy. I wouldn't worry about it that much. It's not a, you know, I'm I'm not going to say it's a terrible idea to test if you're, if you have concerns. Uh, Um, Black market, it's you know, it's it's really bad in terms of quality and uh, you know. Yeah, no, no doubt. But I I, I remember, so I re, I know um, legitimate longevity clinics that were buying blue tops when we were all on the boards buying blue tops back in the day, right? And they were putting labels yeah, on them. 
and they were having boxes made. Be, and right, you remember that, right? That I would be more. Yeah, I'm sorry, I know the products. Yeah, yeah. very well. Yeah. And, and you know, interestingly, a lot of that, um, not all, but a lot of the Chinese product that was coming out, you know. Or, we didn't test a ton of it, but when we saw tests on it or did testing on it, it was actually pretty good. Um, one time, the the purity was higher in um, what was the gintropin. We tested a gintropin product, and they right. actually it was so pure. And we compared it to a pharmaceutical product. I'm not going to say the the name, so I don't get in trouble. But and the pharmaceutical product was also you know of acceptable quality, but the purity was a little lower on the pharma product than the. Uh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, so, so, but, but the reality is that I'm not trying to imply that, oh, it's all bunk, even if you're getting it from your pharmacist. But what I am trying to imply is that uh, it's all coming from generally sim- the same sources. The stuff that we're buying on the black market, sometimes it's coming from the same facilities all, all, uh, overseas as the stuff that ends up uh, reaching a pharmaceutical uh, company. And so th- I, I kind of feel like, yeah, you know, if you're getting your growth hormone from a compounding pharmacist, uh, you probably don't have to test it. But don't you want to know? Don't you want to know, like, don't you want to go, now that you could do it in your own home, don't you want to go, you know, because otherwise I'd want to go back to the pharmacist and say, I've been buying this stuff from you for two years. This is expensive stuff. Look how it tested. Like, has it's anyone mass spec this stuff to verify? Oh, no, we don't do that. We, we, we take their COA. Oh, we're back to the supplement industry now. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? It's, it's the supplier. If you have, certainly if you have concerns um, and there's a product that, you know, it would appear to be, you know, the type, type of item you find on the black market as opposed to, you know, being handled and labeled by, you know, an actual uh, known drug company. Yeah, that's certainly not a bad idea. And, as you know, in the supplement industry, crazy stuff happens. You can't say that the the drug industry is completely immune to that kind of thing, especially when you're kind of when you're talking to the gray area of ordering stuff from overseas. And, yeah, drug drug and company what? drug companies put stuff out that has to be recalled all the time, and it's, it's recalled yeah. because something that wasn't supposed to be in there is in there, or something that was supposed to be in, the, in there isn't. And so these are the same, you know. So this and, and a lot of times that stuff comes back down to the raw materials. You know, sure. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that uh, now we're seeing uh, we're seeing more and more uh, companies uh, literally synthesizing with amino acid sequences as opposed to recombinant technology and producing uh, growth hormone and even peptides as, as long as 296 amino acids. Now uh, they're able to synthesize. So um, now that we're we're, I mean, when you think about how recombinant, well, you know what? You explain how recombinant technology works. Uh, so that people have a better understanding of how they have been making growth hormone for a long time since we stopped extracting it from cadavers. It's a little outside my area of expertise, but they're actually taking a cell line and they're putting the sequence for the the production of uh, the the very large complicated protein and stimulating the cell to produce it as as a product, and then they capture it and purify it. And 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 so the 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 uh, the way I explain it because I, I'm not you know uh, as intelligent as most as most of you guys is they they feed uh, E. coli uh, a bunch of raw isolated amino acids and the E. coli eats it and poops back out growth hormone but a lot of times it doesn't poop out growth hormone it poops out aggregate so they have to use uh, special processes to wash the bad stuff out. And some of those things remain behind uh, that they use to wash it out, which isn't good either. Uh, but now with this new synthesi- uh, synthesizing process using amino acid sequencers, they can actually produce like a kilo of growth hormone in an afternoon now. Mm. I mean, I, I have actually been to a facility. There's a facility uh, in Kentucky uh, called TaylorMade Compounding, and they... They, I don't know that they synthesize growth hormone, but they synthesize every other peptide that you could imagine, and it comes mm-hmm. out in nice clean jars, and they they mass spec it and make sure that it's, it reaches their 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 requirements. But there's no more of this uh, E. coli uh, or uh, using any type of things to wash impurities out. So that's kind of exciting. Interesting, yeah. 
Yeah. Right. So, right. so, the, so the the reality is that it, it's a real hit and miss type of a thing making growth hormone if you're not using this new synthesization process if you're still using recombinant, which justifies people testing their growth hormone no matter who they're getting it from. In my humble opinion, I mean, I'm an I'm an advocate for your product for the average guy or girl who's dropping four hundred dollars a month at their HRT clinic for growth hormone to to say to at least say to themselves. It really is growth hormone. You know, test it once every six months. Oh, right. one, you know, it really is growth hormone. And, and you know what um, is happening a lot is that the the suppliers, and again, it's you know, it's not a widespread. It's happening with every product, but some of the suppliers they will put the peptides like the GHRPs, um, you know, those type of compounds which are easier to produce, cheaper to produce. They'll put those in place of somatropin and then knowing that often when people are testing it their way of testing it is to go get a blood test for the serum growth hormone level so they see that elevation and they're fooled into thinking that they've actually purchased that expensive product and you're absolutely right it's uh you know at a minimum hundreds of dollars a month people invest thousands into cycles and um i personally think if you're going to put that kind of investment into something Spend a hundred dollars on a test just to see if it's actually. It working. makes sense. So, so do you feel that this test, uh, this in-home test, and we're gonna, I'm, you're gonna, I'm gonna let you explain how it works and all that sort of stuff. Do you think it's as reliable as mass spectrometry, which is the the the, go, the gold standard for assessing the, the quality of growth hormone? Well, I would never say that um, that an at-home test will be will have the accuracy and the the data that you would receive from, you know, a more complex test on the protein in a lab. However, this test, you know, we do the, the reagents with the anabolic steroids and those, we've got that to a point where it's, it's really accurate, especially with some of the, um, the more expensive anabolics. Um, it's highly accurate, but it's, it's based on some, some, uh, just some general chemical, uh, chemi- chemical reactions, right? So it can be fooled. Potentially, we haven't found the compounds yet that can fool it for particular steroids, but in theory, there are other compounds out there that could produce similar color reactions. So, um, so you always say, you know, it's, it's not, you, know, you want to go to a, a lab test if you truly want to know what's in it, how much is in it, and you also can't do quanti- uh, quantitative. However, with the, the growth hormone test, it's based on the growth hormone antibody. So that antibody has to bind the growth hormone to get the reaction that we're looking for in the test. So in that regard, it is very specific. Um, you know, it's possible soma trem, which incidentally, um, the, the lab that we've been working with hasn't seen that in years, the 192 amino acids instead of 191. I know, um, I know. That's very close. That might, you know, produce a, uh, you know, a similar a reaction, but you know, they haven't even seen that. So that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's highly specific. It's really gotta be that, you know, that long protein. It's, but, so, so is it more like you are pregnant, you're not pregnant, or does it say like this is a high level of uh, what you're looking for based on like a color gradient or something like that? No, I wish we could do the quantitative, but that's a very, it's a really great comparison. The technology is very similar to how a pregnancy test works. And that's, you know, that's what we're looking at in terms of the result, right. you know, has, has that compound been detected? But, you know, in my experience with growth hormone, it's not, um, I mean, a product can be poorly handled and degraded and, and what have you. But in, in my experience, it's either growth hormone in there or they're putting something else in there, too. That's a lot cheaper. Um, like G- like GHRP? Exactly. Or, or even HCG. So, so I, I, I actually got involved in a situation many, many years ago, way, way, way back uh, beyond the statute of limitations, where mm-hmm. I had bought uh, some... Uh, peptides, let's say, and they were purported to be growth hormone. And I, they had the weirdest, like usually the, the little wafer at the bottom perfectly conforms to the bottom of the vial. It's, you know, it's like a cylinder, you know, but these were like buttons. They were like, they, they, they were like M&Ms shaped like an M&M, like a football. If you looked at it from the side, I was like, what is this? They were rocking around in the bottom of the vial. And a buddy of mine said, that looks like HCG from India. I said, really? He goes, mm. yeah, go out and buy a pregnancy test. He said, reconstitute it and squirt it on the pregnancy test. Son of a 
be. It showed it was pregnant. It was like you're pregnant. I was like, oh my god, this is HCG. The thing I didn't understand was HCG was actually more expensive at that point in time than than basically what growth hormone was going for. So I was like, this doesn't make any sense. But you know, those types of tests are very valuable. Being able to do that with growth growth hormone and go, yes, it's legit, or no, it's not. You know, because the reality is that for most people, the onset of of observable changes in the body from growth hormone can take as much as six months. Yeah. And you, you've just invested a lot of money and then went, you know, I don't think this stuff's working. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was easier when it was HCG because, you know, visually a lot of the, the that product from India, I think, stood out a little bit. But, um, you know, visually it looks close enough. Most people won't, you know, won't tell the difference. But, you know, now there's the peptides and it's fooling a lot of people with their own blood work. So, yeah, um, you don't want to be taking yeah. a peptide. Uh, un- you don't want to take one unwanted uh, that, that's doing something that you just don't need done. And that's very that's very true. And it's sometimes these places, they just what they'll they'll call it whatever you want to buy that day you know what i mean yeah. so you got to be yeah. careful yeah. so how so explain how how does the process work so if i have uh my growth hormone from a legitimate or a questionable source uh i buy your test at roid is it roid tests or roid test.com roid test yeah so that i got it right then roid test.com there it is yeah. and you go there and you buy the growth hormone test how much is it uh it's 100 bucks Okay, that's not bad. You know, I mean, to tell whether or not you are spending five hundred a month or whatever you're spending on growth hormone, uh, and so then you, uh, how, how do you do it? What do you do? Basically, it's it's a dip test, very similar to um, to a pregnancy test. So basically, you get your little your little dipstick, mm-hmm. okay, and a little vial, right. And you reconstitute your growth hormone. Um, you put um, one milliliter of water in here mm-hmm. and a tenth of a milliliter of your reconstituted growth hormone. Just but, a but, bit. Do, but do you have? Do you have? A, do you explain the this, the concentration of the reconstituted growth hormone? Like in other words, do, do, do they have to stay under one IU of growth hormone? Or I mean, no. It's the test is sensitive enough that it works with the range. It actually works outside of the range okay. of what you can find in, in in products on the market. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have, you don't so, have to. So then you don't go to yourself. Wow, it's good, and I just wasted ten IU's of it testing it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just a tenth of a milliliter, and um, and then you dip it in. You hold it until it uh, until the uh, the purple area gets wet, and then you just sit it down, and within 20 minutes you'll have a result. If you get a, it'll one line will show that it's activated. If you get a second line, it's a fake product. If that second line does not appear, then it's a real product. So, wow, that's cool. Very very cool. Yeah. So it's real simple, and and, and there's no because it's not colors and it's lines. You have less of a chance of not interpreting the results properly. Yeah, that, that makes perfect yeah, we, sense. We'd love to get all the tests to where it's. I mean, quantitative is not possible. We'd love to get the the tests, the steroids too, of course, where they're like semi quantitative, but it's it's very complex. So it's something we're still working on. So these are questions that everybody has about buying growth hormone, and I think that I actually remember you writing on one of the bulletin boards, and I don't remember if it was uh, the old Avent Labs. Did you spend time on uh, on Mind and Muscle or Avent Labs? I did, back in the yeah. Day? yeah. So, so, yeah. so people were arguing whether or not uh, if there is a vacuum in the in the vial, that that meant anything. And I, if I recall, your writings indicated it may not. It may not. Yeah, uh, I got to get by. It's been a while since I was thinking about that. But I don't think that that is necessarily – um, indicative of anything. Indicative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could like, you can nitrogen blanket a product. You can, it's just because the air has been removed doesn't necessarily mean it's the, you know, it's the only way they do it. Like when you get a normal pharmaceutical product, my testosterone is not, you know, a vacuum in there when I, when I open it up, it's right. pretty even pressure. Right. So, yeah. Uh, in your experience, once, so if someone has the same source, they have continuity of the product and they test it once and it tests good. Do you recommend that they should test every six months in case they change the way they're making their their their, their products, or do you think that once if it's the same source you're getting from, same manufacturer, same everything, chances of it tested good today, it'll test good a year from now. 
In my experience, generally that's the case. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't recommend, you know, spending money on the test just for the sake of testing, but you know, at the same time, it's a lot of, growth hormone is a lot of money. Um, so, you know, in my opinion, if I were running and I was investing that kind of money on a, you know, on the better part of a year, we're going to, going to run that for a year or something. Um, I personally probably tested a couple of times. I might test it a few times. Well, I have pretty ready access to the test. So I'm probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just go walk into work and do it when you want to now. Right. Yeah. So but you know, that aside, if it wasn't my product, I'd, I'd probably do it a couple times a year myself. Cause you know, I want to be sure Well, that's one of the things that really pisses me off is when people take your money for something that, you know, they know they're not selling it. Well, especially, so it's one thing, to sell somebody pork when they ordered beef, mm. but it's another thing to sell somebody something they're going to inject in their body that's going to have a, a desired reaction, and it's not what they think it is, and it has an undesired reaction or not any reaction at all. You're you're putting that in your body. You know, I mean, it's, sure. It's, 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 there's a there's a lot fewer gauntlets to keep this from doing harm than something you eat, which you could throw up or poop out. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I, and, and I, you know, I, we, good. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna. I was just gonna add that. You know, you got to remember too. This is not just fitness people that are using these products. We're, I'm sure we're all focused on fitness, but there's people that are, are medicating themselves or doing, you know, programs for their health for for disease. Yeah, they're yeah. Also use these products because it may be their easiest access. It may be their most affordable access to the products. Yeah. So no, I, I always agree. remember that. I agree. And now let's just – I want to segue into the other tests you offer there for just traditional anabolic steroids because then when we take a break, I want to come back and talk about uh, some of the information that you've gathered over the years about uh, anabolic steroid use and, and the risk versus reward especially. So people can also – if they're buying gear, uh, not through their physician – uh, ch- chances are, if you're getting it through your physician uh, or your compounding pharmacist, the testosterone is generally legit. They're, the raw materials are tested and they're reliable and they're pretty easy to make. And so, with that being the case, what the more exotic ones, NPP, you know, uh, people want these different things. Uh, a lot I've been told in the past, yeah, it's just it's just test sip or it's test ent if it's coming from like they tell you it's something more exotic, but it's really not. Has that been your experience? You know, it really depends on the compound. Um, the tes- testosterone, and even among the testosterones, for instance, enanthate, at least from what I've seen, and this, there are some studies on it, too, that look at the black market products, enanthate is the most likely to be real of the testosterones. Sustan is more likely to be fake yeah. uh, than, than most of the esters. Um, but, you know, you have enanthate, very high likelihood it's real on the black market. Then you have the other extreme, you have like oxandrolone, where you have maybe, maybe one out of three products meeting what's on the label. Mm-hmm. Oxandrolone is horrible um, because it's a, it's a very expensive raw material. It's real easy to give people a small dose of something like D-Ball or Winstrol, and they think that it's a similar effect to what they're expecting from Oxandrolone, and, it's, and they just make so much more money. You know, especially on the raw material, I've had uh, you know a lot of people say, "Hey, you know, I don't think dealers are you know it's a few extra dollars a bottle here or there, especially with testosterone." I really think a lot of this happens at the raw material level, where these suppliers overseas they know they're going yes. to underground. They know they're not testing this stuff. Yes, and instead of a kilo for you know they're, they're getting five thousand, six thousand dollars for a kilo or something, they can kick a diluted you know Winstrol kilo over that costs them in the hundreds of dollars. Right. And it's a lot of profit. So, yeah, no, and 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 uh, the blends tend to be not blends. A lot, a lot of the uh, underground blends tend to be just test sip or test nth, nothing else. And I mean, mm-hmm. I know girls who thought they were taking less androgenic drugs, and it was just testosterone, and they like they got masculinized very very quickly. Um, yep. So it's it's a problem, and. Um, I think a lot of the labs start out genuinely wanting to make their own gear, and but then they find out how hard it is to actually get the real, more exotic powders, and mm-hmm. uh, and they just go, oh, nobody's going to notice. They'll just, I mean, they're going to grow. They, just, you know, four hundred milligrams of of some androgen a week increase. You're going to grow. So, yeah, that's the thing about anabolic steroids that makes this market so. Um, 
so easy and such a lucrative target for, you know, for people that want to do that. It's, it's for that reason, it's hard to discern. Uh, I mean, I'm very, I use steroids for many, you know, well into the, you know, decade plus time. And I, I experimented with many things and I'm quite certain that I could be tricked one compound to the next. Um, it's just some of them, the characteristics are, are similar to other ones that are cheaper and it makes it, you know, it's, there's only yeah. there's only one in, there's only one in my humble opinion that it's if it's real you know it and if it's not you do as well and that's trend balone I was going to say an anthate an anthate trend and anthate man you your your body changes and most of the times you don't really like the way you feel but mm. it just I, I've always said trend kind of takes your body hostage and says no f you you're going to do this and you go yeah. no I don't think I can no you're going to do it. I remember trend well, but back when I was uh, doing it, it was just the pellets. So I used I to do I used to do those ground, in my kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even do the extraction. I just literally ground up the pellets really fine, and I mixed them with oil, and I took a nice big needle. I was just like, yeah. "Oh, you got to be joking! You didn't end up with no, an abscess." No, no problem. You know what? It's just a, it's, it's a sterile product. It's meant for insertion into an animal. And it's just some binder and filler stuff right. to you know, make the tablet hold. So I was really just giving that to myself. And it seemed to be I, – I never noticed anything from it. Um, I noticed the trend. I am not, not personally not the biggest fan of trend. I don't feel great – didn't feel great when I was using it. Um, but it's I, strong, man. That's a strong compound. I used to buy Fina pellets on the internet from a vet supply store. I used to get them home. I used to soak them in ether overnight. And the next morning, I would pour that ether off through a couple coffee filters. And then I would put the ether back in uh, in a cupboard with a, a small piece of material like cloth over it. And I would let it evaporate. And it was very small. I mean, it wasn't like a bunch of, it was, you know, a little line of, it was gone the next morning. And I was left Mm. behind with these beautiful yellow crystals. And Mm. that was what I started with to make my trend, uh, which I made at home. And a lot of people made it at home back in the day. And you knew it was real. And those Fina pellets were cheap until people realized that bodybuilders were buying them and not not, uh, cow farmers. And they, they, they set up Finaplix websites and they was charging stupid money and... Yeah, they ruined everything. But yeah, I know everybody did that back in the day. You know, well, sure. at least I think. Yeah, that, your way was the was the better way. I'm certainly not recommending you know injecting it with all the binders and everything. Yeah, I would imagine those binders would cause inflammation in this. You know, site site inflammation just from the injection. Yeah, you know, surprisingly, I was all right. I didn't notice much of a problem from it. You're and I'm really man. sensitive too because I can't go near anything really that's got propionate. I started to get a fever from it, and I think that it's yeah. the. Short ester. I'm just very sensitive to it, but the injection site itself, little yeah. soreness, like you know most short esters. But. So let's, let's so let's do this. Let's take a break, and, and when we come back, let's talk about the different types of cycles that you've learned over the years and ways that and 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 and, and I lo- I want to know about your real opinion of the risk versus rewards if you're a professional athlete and that sort of stuff. Okay, so we're sure. talking right now with uh, Bill Llewellyn. He, two websites we're going to tell you about. Uh, the first one is going to be. Roidtest.com, and then of course uh, the uh, website that's actually on my liner there, which is anabolic.org, where you can go and learn about any anabolic uh, agent that you want to by just putting the name in there. And it's, it's kind of like wiki for anabolic. It's very very cool. Check it out. We'll be right back with more. Stay tuned. Did you know that the U.S. Department of Health actually patented cannabinoids as antioxidants and neuroprotectants? So, clearly there is promise for CBD to help with a variety of issues. HEMP's U.S.-grown CBD system is fully tested for purity and safety. For daily balance, HEMP has the best-tasting CBD tinctures available. Their Super Breath Blast delivers near-immediate relief and relaxation while on the go. And for your muscles, joints, and temples, the Magic Balm works wonders. Relax and feel better naturally with the HEMP CBD system from HEMP.com. Sleep is one of the most important factors in maintaining health and longevity. And in today's environment, with all the artificial light we're exposed to, there is nothing more important to use to protecting your sleep than blue blocking glasses. And there's only one blue blocking glasses that I will trust ever, and that's Blue Blocks. B-L-U-B-L-O-X. If you go to 
to the website blueblocks.com and use the code SHR15. You'll save 15% off the single best blue blocking glasses in the world because you can wear them comfortably and still function. Watch TV, work on your computer, but it blocks all of the important blue and green light that has been responsible for shutting down melatonin production and causing people to sleep poorly. Don't waste another night of sleep without wearing blue blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X, tonight. Put them on at 7 p.m. and you'll be asleep by 9 p.m. and you'll get the best night's sleep you've ever had. If you've never used them before, you are missing out. Blueblocks.com. Use the code SHR15 to save 15% off. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in Can-See Eye Drops. I've been using Can-See for six months now and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using Can-See Eye Drops for 11 years now and I credit Can-See Eye Drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. Can-See Eye Drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Cansee Eye Drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Cansee Eye Drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips with 21 grams of high quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. Men and women, you've heard about hormone optimization. Do you feel like it's something you want to look into? RenewLifeRx.com is the place to start. Their doctors can help you with the solutions. RenewLifeRx.com has a simple process for lab work, consultation, and taking a deep dive into where your hormone levels can be improved. Superhuman Radio listeners get 30% off your initial lab work and consultation. Go to RenewLifeRx.com to schedule your no-obligation phone consultation today. Feel younger, get in better shape, and be more productive at RenewLifeRx.com. This is the Superhuman Channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch. Welcome back. We're talking with Bill Llewellyn. He is an author of many, many books. He's written about anabolic steroid use extensively over his career, uh, obviously from his obvious personal fascination uh, with what they do. Uh, you know, and I, and I, got, a, I got a real beef with um, that I could go to a plastic surgeon and have life-threatening surgery done. Uh, to have foreign objects inserted in my body. But as soon as I stick a needle in my hip, because I want to look more muscular, somehow I, I've you know gone off the, 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 the crazy train rails. That's it right there. I mean, it should be in the hands of doctors. If we can alter our bodies for cosmetic purposes, why can't we you know, allow a physician to carefully monitor your you know, transformation in this regard? It's, yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And I, and I know the whole follow the money thing, and maybe that has something to do with it, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, so, you know, balancing risk versus reward. We have decades under our belt of this kind of N equals many experiment that's going on in the world today. I remember who's, who was the, the scientist who did this study and, cre- and, and uh, performance and, and uh, appearance enhancing drugs, PEADs. Remember the guy? He had like a German name. About eight, ten years ago, he started um, referring to them more as an, uh, uh, appearance uh, enhancing drugs than performance because he said they did like some internet survey where they anonymously polled uh, purported anabolic steroid users to profile who they are for that study. And, uh, and like 80% of the guys that were on steroids were on them because they wanted to look a different way. And so he was like, they're not performance-enhancing drugs. They're appearance-enhancing drugs, really, primarily. That's what people use them for. Yeah. And we don't have all these deaths. We don't have, you know, not to steal some from John Romano, you know, from uh, Bigger, Faster, Stronger. But, like, if, if anabolic steroids really killed people, 
wouldn't we be like, wouldn't we see deaths every single day? I mean, I know when I die at 89, they're going to say, oh, well, he used steroids. You know, yeah, I would have lived to 91 if I didn't. You know what I mean? But Well, you know what? That's the thing. It's like we, of course, we don't have controlled studies on the long-term abuse of anabolic steroids because it's unethical and, and nobody's going to do that. So at the best we have, we have studies where we look at a, a population, sometimes a fit population, um, and then a population of uh, individuals that have used a long history of anabolic there's been a number of these types of investigations and what two things are consistent one is there are things to criticize because these are not the type of controlled study that you would like to see when making a determination so there's always something to look at and say there's probably an issue with this they they i don't like they use this population oh they use people that were prisoners in this one or what have you um on the other side, though, what is consistent is an increase in mortality among those that have long-term steroid abuse. Um, so my personal view, digesting all of the research, all of my personal experiences and, and, and what have you, is that the, in the short term, these drugs are very safe. The, like you said, people are not dropping. We, we, if they were th- that acutely dangerous and deadly you would think we would see many high profile athletes you know i mean more, more people more people know about death from flaca or bath salts than they do about deaths from anabolic steroids i mean that's mm-hmm. a, and that's a cult drug like there's not it's not a 10 million people a year aren't using that stuff but they know about it they they estimated like 10 million guys a year are on a cycle at any given time yeah, this is a, the, no, there's a lot, tremendous amount. I mean, it's, the drugs are much more popular today than when they were when we criminalized them and tried to, you know, sweep it under the rug, which obviously um, wasn't the case. But, you know, the other side to that is I do believe, and I think that the, the data, flawed as it may be, does point to the fact that if you make it a history of abusing the yeah. drug, Talking about HRT, that's a whole other thing. Right. Testosterone optimization, in my mind, is one of the most important things for, for for the male population to be taking a look at. And I think it's the health benefits are well established. But you know, if you're going to abuse them for years into you know the, your years turn into decades of abuse, I do think that you're increasing your likelihood of of dying of a cardiovascular issue at a younger age. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're seeing in the data. You know. Again, as flawed as it is, I think that it's it's pretty strong there. So, um, so that's my thing. It's about minimizing the cardiovascular impact of anabolic steroid use if you're going to choose to do it. Yeah, this is the one. This is one. Uh, Khalid Hamlui uh, is is listening to the show from far, far away, and uh, and and he said there's a study on APEDS by Dr. Matthias Dreyer. He was on my show, and we talked about that. And he said, you know, they're appearance first and then performance enhancing drugs because the majority of people using them are looking to change the way they look. Not that. Not yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. It's we, this was all about athletes, right? Cheating uh, in sports. But that's a, a, a small percentage of the actual users overall. I, but what I find it interesting that more athletes use uh, ADHD drugs than anabolic steroids, yet we don't see the. DEA and the authorities having jurisdiction going, we got to do something about Ritalin because baseball players are using it to run faster. Yeah. You know, it's, there are certain things that are interwoven into us cellularly and the whole Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde uh, story is a story of generations because we recognize that humans can do something horrible and become horrible monsters. And somehow because Dr. Jekyll took a potion, right, and we're shooting ourselves in the ass with this oil, I kind of feel like the population overreacted about anabolic steroids because because of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, I, that kind of oversimplifies it. But So what are some of the uh, – obviously, HRT, uh, obviously, if that's what you're doing and you're an older guy, but from, a, from an athletic standpoint – 
what are some of the effective stacks for – we're going to talk about strength and endurance because obviously that's part of, 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 uh, of performance. What are some of the most effective stacks of anabolic steroids for strength? Well, when I'm talking about uh, effective stacks, I'm trying to, of course, mitigate the risk, right? We can go yes. crazy and say, this yes. is, you know, hey, this is five grams. This is the most effective. Yeah. Um, until you, so until you, about- until you, start, until you st- start using six grams, then that's the yeah, most effective. Exactly, yeah, exactly, right? So um, what I'm talking about is finding that um, those drugs that offer the, the lowest risk profile and then using them in the range where you're not running up into tremendously diminishing returns where your dosage is really increasing and your, your gains are, you know, they, they do go up generally the higher doses you do, but it's the diminished, it's a tremendous diminishing return. Um, so first thing, if you can, I recommend excluding all oral anabolic steroids and injectable versions of oral anabolic steroids. Okay. Um, wait a minute. Back up, back up, back up. So yeah. And that's because both of these are methylated. They cause a lot of uh, hepatic stress, stress to the liver, right? Yes, and cholesterol mismanagement. Like what the effect on your lipids, if you take testosterone, even when you go up to like say 600 milligrams a week, which is to me starting to push that point of diminishing return, um, and that's a strong dose, the effect that you see on your your health markers, your your lipids, uh, especially, it's negative but modest. Then you could compare that with just a small dose of, say, Winstrol, Stanazole. There's a study with just six milligrams a day. And the shift is much more dramatic in comparison. And I'm going to bring up another study, uh, which I love to talk about. Um, it's, it involves injectable Stanazole, 50 milligrams per milliliter uh, version. Um, and mind you, I say this, my personal experience, I used to really like that particular drug. It was very effective. Site growth was, I did like it, but they took this drug. They gave, um, a single injection, one injection of 50 milligrams to a group of healthy young men. And they tested them a month later, 28 days later, one injection. And the lipids were, I think it was a 20% shift. Uh, negative for good cholesterol and a twenty percent shift. Uh, yeah, but that negative. had nothing. That had nothing to do with that drug. It was gone by then. No, that's the thing. That is the thing. That's how profound the impact on lipid management can be with a drug like Stanozolol. Okay. That even though the drug had, you know, it had such a, an impact on your on your management that it took the the second measure they took um, after you know, drug initiation was at two months. And by that point it had corrected itself, but 28 days later, you still so, have. So, so, lipid- okay. So let me ask you a question. Uh, that, that injectable was in a, in an oil, right? I'm, I'm not actually sure. They do make it in both, um, aqueous? versions. I'm going to guess that it was probably water. Which oh, been- okay. Okay. So, so really yeah. then, then there was no depot. I was going to, I was going to think, well, maybe the, the mechanics of the oil, Dissipating took a total of three weeks, but if it was if it was aqueous, it, that's it. It hits the bloodstream, and it's and gone. you know what else I think, and this is also an area I've spent some time trying to trying to uh, understand better. And it's not a, a an area I consider myself an expert, but my understanding is that you know oil is more of the vehicle for to get the compound into the tissue. The oil itself may disperse and metabolize more quickly, but what you have then is the compound with very low water solubility that kind of sits in the tissues and takes a long time to get pulled up into circulation. So even if it was an oil-based stanozole, you would still expect that it wouldn't have a very long, you know, life. Yeah, not not of one, not of one lone shot. No, no one shot, 50 milligrams. So it's, you know, consistent when you see the studies with the methylated stuff, even with oxandrolone, they're really bad on the cardiovascular markers, and you you can argue, you know, whether or not the you know HDL and LDL are the be all end all of you know cardiovascular. Yeah, health, but, but but you know what? But you know what? This is really not even an argument because all of that research has been done on methylated corticosteroids, and we know that's why doctors put you on methylprednisone for twenty one days only, and that's it because they know that it's very very tough on the liver. Um, it it skews lipids. Uh, it actually inf- increases certain types of inflammation in the body. Uh, so we, we know that once you methylate some, when you make it hard for the liver to do its job, 
it doesn't give up. It works harder and that mm-hmm. changes the landscape completely. And the other thing is, too, is that the liver is a big site of your management of your lipids and the androgens, they have they can have a deleterious effect here. So giving it that bombarding it with that active drug. Now you have an active steroid that you know normally your body just metabolizes testosterone so easily. So there's very little androgen activity really taking place there. But now you're bombarding it with this methylated compound that it just can't metabolize. So now there's all this stimulation going on there as well. So um, if you can get the methylated stuff out and limit yourself to like testosterone, boldenone, nandrolone, maybe primabolin, um, if you can focus, and if, unless you're trying to win, you know, some really serious bodybuilding competitions, if your focus is just image, if you just want to feel and look better. If you focus on those drugs, you could probably accomplish everything you need with just those four drugs. And the safety profile of them is going to be much higher than a lot of the other stuff. So uh, nandrolone is an interesting uh, compound. And so I've experimented with nandrolone on and off for many, many years. And, and, and always, always gives me erectile issues. And, and it doesn't matter if I'm taking – so I've taken twice as much testosterone cypionate as nandrolone – uh, decoinate, you know, DECA, and even using NPP, which is a fast-acting nandrolone, uh, I notice changes in erection and libido. And mm-hmm. so I've come to the conclusion that I'm one of those uh, high responders, and that you know that that has a lot to do with your success in sports. If you know if you could if you could use this stuff and it doesn't make you feel bad, you're like really good. That's like a big re- that's a, that's like a prerequisite if you're going to be a drug using sports. Uh, participant, but I read a study not too long ago that implicated something called na- uh, uh, dihydronandrolone, mm-hmm. and it suppresses uh, dopamine in the brain, and this is where the erectile slash libido effects of of this uh, this form. Uh, uh, arise from any theories on that well you know with that's the thing with the uh, nandrolone right that's why it's androgenic activity is so low um is that you know in in all these tissues that express high levels of 5-alpha reductase your androgen responsive tissues right um testosterone is potentiated to dht which is three times stronger nandrolone gets reduced to dhn which is significantly weaker so I think that what you have, first off, if you don't have testosterone, you're not supplementing testosterone and you use nandrolone, uh, I think a majority of people notice interference with issue, with libido and, and stuff like that, even sometimes sense of well-being and, and energy because you have that reduced stimulation, probably in areas like the brain where it's, where it's also really important, DHT, estrogen, also estrogen levels, the conversion is much, much lower with nandrolone. So you have a situation where you have you know, anabolic stimulation in the muscles, which is really good. Um, but your DHT stimulation, you know, in, in those, those tissues is low. Your yeah. Now, now you're talking about, you're talking about neurosteroids. When you start talking about estrogen, estrogen influences norepinephrine, estrogen influences serotonin levels. And then you're sucking and you're sucking, uh, uh you're, 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 sucking your dopamine levels down. It's like, yeah. Oh, but my, but my, my knees don't hurt anymore, but I just hate life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. People yeah. And the aromatase about- inhibitors, same thing. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big fan of using those. I understand the aesthetics of, of how well they work sometimes. You know, I get that. But man, trashing your estrogen is not a good thing. Us men, we have, you know, that oversimplification decades ago, you know, testosterone is the male hormone, estrogen is the female hormone, is did such a disservice to us because men need estrogen really bad for a lot of stuff, including building muscle. Um, but really also for libido, sexual functioning, for, for a ton of stuff. And, um, yeah, so I, I'm not a big fan of, of crashing that for the sake of, you know. So, so you, so give, give that list again of the, and, and the, uh, the oils that you would consider worth the risk, assuming that you are taking low enough doses. And then I'm going to ask you for what do you think a maximum dose a month uh, or, or a week should be if you're looking to be safe, mitigate risk, but see some benefits. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's always some risk when you're exceeding medical doses. But um, the compounds that I'm, I most favor, testosterone. And testosterone enanthate, if you buy it from the black market, is going to be your most likely to be legitimate. Um, boldenone, also very, um, very high 
legitimate Baldwin-owned products on the on the black market. So um, that's an, that's another good aspect of that. Um, you know, Deca, uh, Nangelone, Decanate, and then uh, you know maybe Prima Bolin as well to, to round it out. Those give you um, kind of a gamut of you know high anabolic, low androgenic, low estrogen, all the way up to testosterone, which is your you know, your primary androgen. And in terms of doses, I, I personally find that, and it varies by by individual, of course, but that most effective range seems to be like 200 to 750 millig- 750 milligrams total, a week. Total. Total of, of everything that you're taking um, in that regard. Um, beyond 750, you know, again, there's you will get a, an enhanced effect, but it's not if you do 1,500, you don't get double the gains. So. But the side effects could be more significant. One of the things that we've learned in peptides is that you feel peptides when you re, when you exceed the saturation dose. Uh, saturation dose based on available receptor sites that can pick it up. So, like if you take if you take GHRP six and it makes you wildly hungry, you took way too much. You took way too much. So there's probably some truth to that with these uh, these types of anabolics as well because of the fact that they are acting on receptors. So it may be that the magic of staying at those lower doses is that overall you're staying below what could be considered a saturation dose combining all of those together. Yeah. I mean, you're probably getting um, where that dose is, and I think saturation is a little um, misunderstood because there's also like – there's the uncoupling of the receptor, right? And then um, affinity, how the affinity, the affinity the of the re- to the receptor. receptor. Right, right. Yeah, so there's a little bit beyond that. But, um, but yes, yeah, certainly, you, you get to a point where you're really stimulating very well your androgen receptor content. And, and that's what it is. The, the excess is just going to spill over into other areas. You're going to increase estrogen more, and you know, you're going to have other issues with side effects. So. Bill's Fitbit just told me how to get up and walk around, folks. That's what this is all about right no, now. No, I'm looking for my charger. Actually, my, uh, I was trying to connect on the other machine, so I'm at 5%. So I'm like, oh, uh-oh. Okay, well, we're gonna, we, we can end this pretty quickly here if we have to. Uh, that's not a problem. Um, so the next thing is, what about endurance? Are there any types of uh, anabolics or performance-enhancing drugs that you would recommend are, are safe at certain doses to people who are looking to increase their endurance? Well, I, you know, I think anabolics aren't, the steroids aren't as popular in real competitive sports, of course, because we have other like EPO-based drugs and stuff that are, um, that are stronger. However, they do increase your red blood cell production, mm-hmm. which can increase your endurance. Um, I personally find that um, water retention is something that the, the athletes in the, in the speed sports and, and endurance as well, um, when you're carrying your body around, um, you know, for, for an event, you don't want to be pulling around excess water that isn't really adding to your performance. So, um, it's typically more in, in my, uh, the compounds that I mentioned, it'd be more like maybe a prima bowling, mm-hmm. the, uh, the athlete might, uh, might focus on, of course, people have, you know, everybody's got their own preference and a little bit of testosterone is also, uh, you know, important for health as well. So, definitely, and- definitely not trend because trend robs you of any endurance that you have available it's just amazing how that's that's how you know it's working too by the way it's a strong drug but it's not a friendly one no no uh it looks like so so can you stay through the next break or does it look like you're going to lose your your connection here um you know what is it i hate to do it but i'm not i'm in the middle of a move and i'm not sure where my cord is so i don't want okay. to say yes okay so let's let, let so let's just do this let's go ahead and plug uh your websites again so the the roidtest.com is where people can go if they want to try the growth hormone um, test at home, right? Mm-hmm. And then anabolic – is it anabolics, plural, or singular? Just anabolic.org. Uh, anabolics.org is the place Just to go. No, no, no. Anabolic.org is the place to go if you want to uh, learn more about anabolics in general. That's the place. All right, look, Bill, thanks for being here. Um, I'm going to go I ahead and – Yeah, and we'll do this again. Uh, I'm going to – take bill out of the picture here i'm going to take one quick commercial break and when we come back i'm going to talk about tomorrow's come at me bro it's going to be fun and uh, i'm still asking for more questions stay tuned Please. 
third again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert. But this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. Whether your goal is to build muscle or burn fat, you'll find everything you need at Redcon 1. Need help getting a good night's sleep? Try Fade Out or the most popular pre-workout supplement on the market today, Total War. Sign up for their new Transformation Challenge and win $10,000 or shop for apparel that people at the gym will know that you are serious about your training. Need a testosterone booster that works? Check out Boomstick. Whatever you need, you'll find the best quality supplements on the market at Redcon 1. Go to Redcon1.com. That's R-E-D-C-O-N, the number one.com, or go to superhumanradio.net and click the Redcon 1 banner ad today. Are you looking for a better way to absorb the nutrients you know you need? Do what I do and start your day with lipospheric supplements from Live On Labs. Unlike pills and powders, Live On's patented liposomal encapsulation technology transports nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin B, glutathione, acetyl-L-carnitine, and alpha-lipoic acid to where they need to be, your cells. Visit try.liveonlabs.com forward slash Carl to learn why I take these supplements every day to help me perform in the gym and in life. That's try.livonlabs.com slash Carl. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is, I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. CanSee eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Cansey eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Cansey eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at Synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. When you train with it, you'll gain with it. This is the Superhuman Channel, where we use oxygen for the power of good. Welcome back. I had to run that other commercial. So tomorrow is uh, my second come at me bro this year. And I'm getting a lot of positive comments about the show, and I'm getting lots of questions. And I just want people to know that you can send me a question at on, to onair at superhumanradio.net, and I will answer it about anything. Anything about me, I'll talk about me and my life. Uh, I won't talk about other people, unless it's like I have to mention them in the discussion. But anyway, um, and I'm hoping to get some really cool questions. And I'll talk like I talk about anything. I'll talk about I, we have some uh, relationship questions, and I like those kind of things. I want to be like Steve Harvey. I don't know anything about relationships, but I want to write a book about relationships because I've been in one, and so I must be good at it. That's how that's how we that's what we've come to in this this world today. If somebody uh, does something, they immediately believe that they can teach other people to do it. And teaching is a uh, separate talent in and of itself. But anyway, yeah, I hope that uh, some of you can make the Come At Me Bro tomorrow. It'll be at noon, and it'll be here on Facebook Live. I'll probably post it later today so that people can add it to their calendar, because I'm sure you're going to want to take off work and be there. But anyway, that's it. I have nothing else. I just didn't want to. I had to run that commercial. I really did. But it was nice having uh, Bill on the show. I'm glad we did it. And we'll see everybody tomorrow with more Superhuman Radio. Thank you for watching today.